to You Have Stories. We've reached a point in our journey where you'll need to make some decisions. For some of you, you accomplished what you set out to do, document your past. We have our memory journals filled with people, places, dates, and events. I mentioned this in an earlier episode. Most people never take the time to document the details of their lives. We've created a valuable document. You've captured an impressive number of details from your past. You are providing your family with the source materials that will help them better understand you and the life you've lived. Congratulations. Well done. Now for the rest of you who want to go deeper into this process, it's time to actually start writing the stories of your life. Whatever you decide to do, and whichever way you decide to go, we need to do some housekeeping first. Look over your notebooks. My journal is a mess. Do you remember my great-granddaughter, Laura Lee? 50 years from now, if she found this notebook, she would have a pretty hard time trying to interpret my chicken scratching and my endless notes. Let's try to complete the capture phase well. Here's my list of suggestions for cleaning up our notebooks. First, organize the timeline. Double check to see that those notes are in the right place. Number two, do a full rewrite. This is your opportunity to take out that laptop. At this point, neatness counts. Use that word processing program and make this document easy to read and look good. Number three, whenever possible, try to expand on what you wrote down the first time through. At the very least, try to make it readable. Number four, ask the question, did I forget something that my family really needs to know about? Okay, the next suggestion is definitely optional. Don't feel like you must do this. Have someone read the journal and see what questions they come up with. This may add to your writing process, but it might be worth the time. I don't want my great-granddaughter thinking that her great-grandfather was a disorganized old man. Although that part might actually be true. Finally, put your notebook, journal, or document in a safe place. And listen now. Tell someone where it is. No place is safe if you're the only one that knows about it. Well, again, congratulations. Well done. Thanks for taking this journey with us. Keep in mind that the memory journal is never really completed or finished. If something comes to mind, jot it down on the timeline. It's a living document that will continue to expand and grow if you decide to do so. Okay, now for the rest of you. Thanks for hanging with me. Let's get into it. For the most part, we've been hunting down facts and details of our lives. All very interesting, don't get me wrong. But something is clearly missing. The world really wants to know what happened. If you've been around for a while, I'm sure you will remember the radio newsman Paul Harvey. His five-minute radio show, The Rest of the Story, 
ran from 1976 to 2009 when Paul passed away. He ended every story with his signature line. And now you know the rest of the story. That's where we want to go. Telling people the rest of the story. Details and facts are simply that. Interesting, but only part of the story. The real flesh and blood, the heart and soul, can only come from what you felt, what you experienced. It's time for us to turn all of those details on the pages of our notebook into stories. To better illustrate this, let me take you back to 1963. The page in my journal simply reads, My father died December 1963. I was seven years old at the time. Those are the facts. Here's the story. Growing up in a small town, everyone knows everybody. I walked the three blocks to school every day along with all the other kids in the neighborhood. Coming home that December afternoon, something was different. The street in front of our house and our driveway was filled with cars. My first thought was that Uncle Pete and Aunt Gloria had come to visit. I took the shortcut across Greenlee's front yard, through the back door into the kitchen. I was met by Kelly Johnson, a kindly older gentleman that lived in the big house on the corner, the one we passed by every day on the way to school. I didn't know it at the time, but the reason that house was so big was because it was actually the Johnson funeral home. Kelly ushered me into one of the back bedrooms of the house. I don't remember seeing Uncle Pete, Aunt Gloria, my sister, my mom, or my dad. Keep in mind, these memories are almost 60 years old, but I so clearly remember this event. In the kindest possible way, this man that I barely knew attempted to tell me that my father was gone and that he would not be coming back. Even this short version of this story takes you to a completely different place beyond details and facts. That's what we're going for when we tell our stories. We may dig deeper into this story as we uh, go along. For now, I will just say that that event on that December afternoon in 1963 changed my life forever. Almost 60 years after the fact, I can still point back to that event and see how it determined the path of my life. This is what I'm talking about when I ask you to tell your story. Your assignment. Look over your journal, pick out an entry, spend some time with it. How can you turn those details and facts into a compelling story? Now the story I shared was one of those difficult ones. I would suggest that you stay away from those at least for a while. Pick something positive and memorable from your life. Apply the old journalist news-gathering trick, the five W's. Who was there? 
what happened, when did it happen, where did it happen, and why did it happen. Those questions are still a form of gathering information, but you will quickly see how fast your emotions and feelings start to enter into your writing. My last bit of advice is keep it simple. Just tell your story to the best of your ability. That's it. Good luck. I will see you next time on You Have Stories.